lot of different churches in our district. And all these churches will be here. We're going to have a worship service. Our wonderful choir is going to sing. And I'm going to do my best to preach. But I want to tell you, the district superintendent will be here. So I'm going to kind of coach you. If you come, here's what you say. I've already worked with the choir. You say, thank you, Brother Terry, for sending us Pastor Terry and Pastor Andy and Pastor Sam. Don't move them. You have to, it's important to do this. Don't move them. It's great to be here with y'all. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do part two of a sermon series on the Ten Commandments today. I want to say a hello to you if you're listening to us by live stream today. If you missed part one of the Ten Commandments and you want to go back and hear that, you can go to our church website, fumcgaston.org, and you can listen to that or any of the other sermons. You can go to your app store and download our church app, and you can go and listen to it that way. So many things to, to do, and it's wonderful, the technology that we have today. Exodus chapter 20, verses 12 through 17 is our scripture uh, for this morning. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, it was originally done in 1965 by a guy named Otis Redding. Uh, it was a song about a man who wanted his woman to show him the proper recognition that he felt like he deserved. And to be honest with you, the song was a good song, but it never really took off. That is until 1968 when a young woman named Aretha Franklin got a hold of it. And she turned it around and she made it about a woman who needed to learn what R-E-S-P-E-C-T meant to her. One of the best R&B songs of all times, right? Learn what R-E-S-P-E-C-T means to me. Everybody identified with that. And do you know what? The prophet Malachi in Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 said this, A son honors his father, a servant his master, then if I am your father, where is my honor? If I'm your master, where's my respect? It's as if God is saying, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. More than anything else, I think the Ten Commandments are about learning what respect means to God and learning what respect means to each other. The word respect in Malachi 1.6 is the Hebrew word that's translated as fear, and it doesn't mean fear, be afraid of. It means the, the fear, the reverence, and the honor uh, that God deserves. Learn what it means to give that to God. So we're looking at part two of Ten Commandments. Last week we looked at the first four commandments. All of those had to do with our relationship with God. Today we're going to look at them from the angle of respect. Okay? Let's go back and look at them again, the first four. One is, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. Number two is you shall not make for yourself any idols. Number three is you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So all of these three have one thing in common, and that is this. 
respect God. Give God the reverence and the honor that God deserves. That's what it means. And number four is like it. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So we honor God by honoring the Sabbath. We give the Sabbath the reverence and the honor it deserves. And we respect it. We set aside a special time for rest and worship and refreshment. And in doing so, we actually honor God. I wonder if we could just make it our, our focus as, as we move forward to, to give God the place in our life that God deserves. To give him the respect. Uh, I know many of you remember when, when Jimmy Carter was elected president. I remember that myself. And um, there are different opinions about, uh, about Jimmy Carter, the, the politician. But I want to tell you, I respect uh, Jimmy Carter, the man and the Christian. I remember when he was elected, the, the country, a lot of the country was kind of getting to know who he was. And he was interviewed by Bill Moyers. And Bill Moyers asked him this question, what is the most significant discovery that Jimmy Carter has ever made? And uh, uh, President Carter flashed his famous smile. His teeth looked like this big, you know. And he said, well, this is a little embarrassing for me to say because it's so personal. But the most significant discovery that I have made is my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, whether or not you like him as a president, I want to say I, for one, appreciate his respect for God, putting God in the place that God deserves. So let me ask you a question this morning. And it's kind of embarrassing because it's kind of personal. But are you putting God at the place that God deserves to be in your life with nothing above him? Respect God. So that's the first four commandments, and that's what that calls us to do, respect God. Now we turn to the last six commandments with all they have to do with our relationship with each other. Number five is honor your father and your mother. In other words, respect your parents. Six is do not murder. Respect human life. Seven is do not commit adultery. In other words, respect the sanctity of marriage. Number eight is do not steal. For heaven's sake, respect other people's property. And then number nine is do not bear false witness. And we need to hear that today, don't we? Respect the truth. Just respect it. So I want to stop here just long enough to say that, that these, uh, these commandments, these, these commandments that I just read, do not represent the top rung of the ladder when it comes to our human behavior. Erwin uh, McManus, an author that I really like, puts it this way. He said, the Ten Commandments are the lowest possible standard of humane living. Okay? It's the least that we can do when we relate to one another. If you just stop and think about what these commandments are asking us to do, uh, and if you just change this to everyday language, and since we're from the South, most of us are from the South, I'm going to do this in southern speak. Is that okay with y'all? All right. We could say it like this. Hey, y'all, could you just take care of your mom and daddy? And, and while you're at it, could y'all just stop killing each other? And, oh yeah, and could y'all just not steal each other's stuff? That would be good. And it would be really nice if y'all didn't lie to one another. And one more thing, could you just not take other people's husbands and wives? Just keep the one you got. <laughs> you see, that's just kind of the lowest standard to live by. That's the bottom rung. Anything less than that, and we would be 
less human and more animal than anything else, you know. And we could do, listen, we could do a series of sermons on all of these nine commandments that we have so far. But I want you to notice something special. In all of the commandments, there are two that God puts a little extra time in. I mean, he says, do not murder. That's pretty straightforward. Do not steal. Okay. But then God spends a little extra time on commandment number four. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. He says, you're to take a Sabbath. You're to make sure that your family does. Make sure that your sons take a Sabbath. Make sure that your daughters take a Sabbath. Make sure that your male servants take a Sabbath. Make sure your female servants take a Sabbath. Make sure that your livestock, make sure the sojourner in your country. And by this time we're saying, okay, God, we get it, we get it. But I don't think that we get it or God wouldn't have spent extra time on that one. Do you? And now we come to commandment number 10. That's the other one of the 10 that God spent a little extra time on. And it's do not covet. In other words, respect the boundaries of desire. The word for covet in Exodus, covet in Exodus 20 to 17 means to be filled with inordinate, ungoverned, selfish desires. And when God said do not covet, he went on to just elaborate, to break it down a little bit. He said don't covet your neighbor's house or your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything else. And we're saying, okay, God, we got it, we got it, we got it. But we don't. We don't. Especially in, our, especially in our world that we live in today. Let me ask you this. Have you, have you ever been hungry for something and you didn't know what it was? And maybe you stand at the refrigerator or at the pantry. You're just like, I'm hungry for something. I just don't know what I'm hungry for. Well, if you multiply that times 100, that's the way we live today in our society. Um, it's, it's kind of our national pastime. It's just wanting something. Not, I'm not sure what it is, but I just want something. And Bishop Williman's book on the Ten Commandments, he said, if you want to drive somebody crazy in this day of time, just ask them, what do you really want? Because we don't know. We, we just know that it's something, and we just know that we don't have it yet. And you know who feeds off of this internally? Hunger? Advertiser. Don't they? Yeah, so you ever up late at night and you turn it on and they have one of those little infomercials on there and you look at that product on there, you didn't even know there was such a product. Well, there's a sham wow. I didn't know I needed a sham wow, but obviously I do. And if I call in the next five minutes, I can get two sham wows for $19.95. Sometimes I think we're kind of like the great white shark. In the movie Jaws, we're just we're just consuming. We don't even know what it is. We're just just all the time, every gobbling up everything that comes our way. Just think how countercultural it would be to say, "Do not covet." Respect the boundaries of desire. In the 13th century, Saint Francis of Assisi and those around him took what Jesus said in Matthew 19.21 to heart. Jesus said to him, if you will be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You remember Jesus said that to the rich young ruler? Well, they actually did it. They, they sold all of their possessions 
and they dedicated their lives to living in poverty and chastity and obedience. They weren't allowed to have any possessions, no money at all, unless it was something they collected to help the poor or somebody that was sick or that was in need. And they found that by freeing themselves of possessions, that they possessed everything. Does that sound funny to your ears? It does to me. It does to me. Listen, I like my stuff too, but deep down in my heart, I know, and you know, that all of that stuff doesn't bring contentment. It doesn't bring peace. And this little voice in my head thinks, oh, but I want my piece of the pie. But listen, coveting is wanting my piece of the pie and your piece of the pie. Well, heck, give me the whole pie. I'll just take the whole pie. Maybe that will satisfy that hunger, but it won't. It won't, and God knows that. He knows the way to build a happy and fulfilled life is to respect the boundaries of desire, to respect God and to respect our neighbor. Those are timeless. Those are timeless. Lloyd Douglas was a, a famous American preacher and an, an author, and he told a story about how he used to go by this, this little old man's uh, apartment. Was, he was a musician. He gave violin lessons. And he loved stopping by this guy's uh, music studio and just chatting with him because every time he did, he always came away with just some little nugget of wisdom. And one day he stopped by and he asked the man, um, hey, what's the good word for today? And the man put down his violin and he picked up a tuning fork and he got a cloth-covered hammer and he struck the tuning fork and he said, here's the good word for today. That, my friend, is an A. It was an A yesterday. It'll be an A tomorrow. A hundred years from now, that will still be an A. The soprano upstairs, she sings off-key. The tenor down the hallway, he goes flat on the high notes. The piano across the hall is so out of tune. All day around me, all I hear is noise, noise, noise. But that, my friend, is an A. All right? So you want something to steady your soul. You want something that will remain constant even in the midst of the noise, noise, noise of your life. God has given us something like that. The Ten Commandments. Boundaries that are given to us by a God who loves us so much that he wants us not just to live, but to thrive. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us like that. Thank you for loving us enough to set boundaries for our living. Thank you for trying to teach us what it means to respect you what it means to respect each other. Now help us, Lord, to lean into that and to live just that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn will be number 402, and I invite you to stand as you're able as we sing together. I want you also to know that...